GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ. I am joined by my co-host. A man who's constantly trying to convince me the Confederates weren't all that bad. Hovercraft Joe. Okay. I, I don't like I don't like that intro at all. I don't like the Confederacy. I don't like Confederates. No dice. I don't like stars and bars. I don't like that intro. But I uh, but I eased you in by calling you my co-host. It's true. It, it, it was kind of like a where like you finally didn't introduce me as a guest, but then you said that I was a Confederacy sympathizer. So it was a cow salt. Yeah, yeah. It was a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was something. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, we're talking today, tonight, whenever you're listening about Sahara, uh, a movie that uh, I think, you know, like it, it's been on our radar for a while. Um, it, maybe not as well known as some of the stuff we covered, but I think I, I feel like we talked about it. I know it's been on my list of stuff to want to cover for a while. So, um, yeah, we definitely talked about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we finally got around to it. I mean, I, I'm looking at from where I'm sitting, I can see my, uh, well, I, I found it when I was watching the movie, but my paperback copy of the novel Sahara that this movie was based on. And you know, watching the movie, I was like, I got to read that book again. Um, but maybe I'll just get it on my Kindle. Uh, anyways, so this movie is released on April 8th, 2005. Uh, what kind of background do you have with Sahara LPJ? Well, um, so this goes back to when the book came out. Like I had never really heard of Clive Cussler until you had mentioned it to me right around the time this movie was getting ready to come out. I remember you had talked about your dad having the books and reading Rise of the, Rise of the Titanic and a couple of other ones. And um, I remember we went to the bookstore when this book came out and you bought the book. Like, I think I bought like a Star Wars book or something like one of the novels and you had bought this. And I borrowed it from you after you had finished reading it. Um, and I read it and I really liked it. And then I borrowed, I think, Raise the Titanic from you and read that too. Um, so at that point, I had been pretty familiar with Clive Cussler books. Um, and uh, so when this movie w- w- was announced... You and I were excited. I remember, like, awesome. They're making, you know, because they had made a Rise of Titan- Raise the Titanic movie. Wasn't that great? Um, and it was a while ago. It was like in the like the seventies, yeah. I think. I, I've never, I've never, probably the eighties. Probably the eighties. Uh, yeah. I've never, I've never seen it. But uh, Raise the Titanic is was one of the first of the Dirk Pitt novels that uh, Clyde Cussler wrote. So right, maybe even right. the second one. So it was late seventies, early eighties. So. Right. Um, so when we heard this movie was coming out, we were super excited and I'm pretty sure we went and saw it opening night or pretty close to when did it come out? April, April of 2005. Yeah. So that would have been, we were, uh, we were at opening night, but we definitely saw it in the theater together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I know we saw it in the theater. I don't remember specifically, but yeah. 
Um, and then after that, I think maybe I watched part of it because it used they used to show it on TV sometimes. Um, and I had watched part of it on TV, but other than that, this is really the only the second time I've seen it all the way through. Okay. Um, yeah, like as you mentioned, like the the, the Clive Cussler books, and it's funny because I, I read so. I mean, there's so many of these Dirk Pitt books, and I've read so many of them. Like when I was like trying to find my copy of Sahara just so I could kind of leap through it, like I seriously have like 25. Dirk Pitt novels in my mm-hmm. collection that I read. And yeah, like my my dad read these books and that's kind of how I got into them. And I had read a couple of his copies and then would buy my own and I really enjoyed them. You know, they're uh, the books, you know, they're not like going to win any awards, but they're all kind of, you know, it's it, it was always to me, it was kind of like, well, it's kind of like a James Bond thing where like he's, he's like, a, you know, he's not a spy, you know, but like kind of the same thing where it's like, he always gets an adventure and there's always like a beautiful woman and like, you know, there's always some big plot he's got to foil. And like, I don't know. I just got, but they were all like kind of based, like the whole thing was that they were all based around like stuff in the water. Like there was always some kind of mystery. And I don't know. I was really into the books. Um, This is a particularly good novel. Like I was saying, I really actually want to read it again now. Um, and, And so, yeah, like I remember seeing the movie when it came out and I feel like I have seen it a number of times. I actually just, um, Prior to watching it for the podcast, uh, I just watched it like less than a year ago, like sat down and watched the whole thing and, you know, still enjoyed it. Uh, Obviously, we'll get into more of that as we get, you know, into our ratings and stuff. Um, So uh, the numbers on this, notoriously, this is a movie that is a huge (laughs) flop. Huge flop. Because like they, they say the budget is like 160 million, but like. Even, that might not even be true. I guess it just kept like ballooning like the whole time that they were making the movie. Yeah, because it started with an eighty million dollar plot or eighty million dollar budget. Yeah, so it so it so it it cost one hundred and sixty million dollars that we know of. It has a domestic gross of sixty eight million and a worldwide of one hundred and nineteen. So falling well short of the investment on it. Um, and I guess it's like it, like when I was like doing some research and I, I didn't really get into a lot of these. Um, but like a lot of the articles were like the biggest flops in like history and like, just like all kinds of examples is how it was just like a, a huge sinkhole for money. Yeah. And not only that, it was a huge sinkhole for money and the production was troubled right from the start, mostly due to Clive Cussler. <laughs> uh, cause he's kind of a lunatic. It turns out, um, RIP, RIP, he's dead. RIP, he's dead. Um, and then on top of that, they were investigated for, like, they bribed Moroccan Moroccan officials. They had huge expenditures on things like, like um, uh, uh, Penelope Cruz's hairdresser. They paid her two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like all kinds of craziness when they kind of dug into the budget and what happened with this movie. Um, so it's sort of a. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's sort of a, uh, I don't know, like a shit show. I mean, like the, the whole production of this is, is, is just plagued with nightmares. And the fact that it even came out is kind of miraculous. Um, but, but going back real quick to talk about Clive Cussler, uh, you said you had 25 of his novels. He has, so there's of just the Dirk Pitt novels. There's mm-hmm. 26. Some of them were also co-written by other people. He's right. got 
another series of the Numa files. There's 19 mm-hmm. of those. The Oregon mm-hmm. files, 16 of those. There's mm-hmm. the Isaac Bell Adventures. There's 13. The Fargo Adventures have 13. Um, he also wrote f- six nonfiction books. And this is all from... Um, 1973 is when the first book came out until he died in 2020. He wrote that many books. Well, I think at a certain point, like he did write, I think the majority of the like straight up Dirk Pippen novels. I think at a certain point, a lot of them were like, you know, like LPJ with Clive Cussler, you know, like, I don't yeah, think he was, there's some uh, yeah, the sun. like I, there was a certain point where he wasn't doing all the writing, but yeah, like there were, there were all the Dirk Pitt ones. There were spinoff ones that were like still stuff going on with Numa, but not with <laughs> Dirk Pitt. Like, yep. it, it, yeah. And, and that's like, and like, and like, I guess like, and if you read the books and maybe people who are listening to have read the books, like all, like a big thing in the Dirk Pitt novels is like, he was like, a big car, like a classic car collector. And he like lived in like this airplane hangar where he had all these cars and they were like all the cars from like the different adventures. And I guess like Clive Cussler really collected old cars and had them in an airplane hangar. Like every book had a picture of him with like whatever car was featured in that novel. It was like on the jacket was like the car. I'm not a car guy, but yeah, no, you're right. And and (laughs) that was it. And he created NUMA also. Like, NUMA is his real-life organization that he created also. Yeah, because he would do, like, real out-on-the-water, like, salvage knives and stuff, yeah. Thank you. I couldn't get the word out. So he's quite a character. Um, And like I said, he's dead now. But it is, and I know we'll get into this more, but it's kind of a shame that this was such a flop. Yeah. Because I would have loved for them to make some more. Yeah, I really would too. Like it's I mean and you'll notice it watching the movie, they really wanted this to be American James Bond. Like yeah. even which, from, which, from the music alone. <laughs> yeah. But I mean that's fair if you read the books. It yeah. is it, it's a very James Bond vibe, like it, it is. is. But but you're right, yeah, the music is is such a James Bond clone. Oh, it's yeah. pretty funny. Like trumpet blares, the whole wah, wah, like all yeah. kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and I think like with the cast they had, they were really casting this, you know, in terms of making a franchise out of it. Cause like they, they got good actors, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't just, they didn't shill on, you know, some cheap no names. They got good actors to play these roles. People that would be, would, were young enough to be around for several movies. So, right. you know, it is a shame that they didn't make more of these. And they mm-hmm. may in the future, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is a paltry 38%, but again, much higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got, which if you, yeah, 9%. Uh, and then the audience score is 53% on this, so better, but still not great for an audience score. Um, top grossing movies of 2005 are uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, uh, two is the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and number three is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, this movie, Sahara, comes in thirty fifth, and we've only covered two other movies from two thousand five, and they are number eight, Batman Begins, and number sixty seven, Transporter Two. All right. 
So not a year that we have hit that much. No. Uh, you, you mentioned the cast of this. Uh, and again, it is a lot of people that you're going to know. Matthew McConaughey, Penelope Cruz, Steve Zahn, uh, Rain Wilson, uh, William H. Macy, and uh, Lenny James is in this. Uh, Lenny James is great in this. And it does feature a small role by our boy uh, Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty much all the ones I recognized. I mean, there's definitely some character actors that are in here that you mm-hmm. might recognize. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, yeah, that's that's pretty much all of them. Uh, okay, you want to get into some net worth? Let's do it. All right, let's start off with William H. Macy. He's got that sweet, sweet Fargo money. Uh, you just told me you were getting into the Fargo TV show. I know he's not in it, but I would make the connection. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet, shameless money. I know people love that show. I never, I saw never it. got it. Never got into it. Not my thing. Uh, I'll go. I'll go forty million. Forty-five million. So pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, next up, Lenny James. He's got that sweet, sweet fear of the Walking Dead money. What do you think for Lenny James? Ooh, he's got that sweet, sweet. Lockstock and two smoking barrels money. Is he in that? He's in one of them. Is he in Lockstock or he's in? I think he's in Snatch. Snatch. I think you're right. I think it's Snatch. Um, I'll go fifteen million for for Lenny. Four million. Uh, which, by the way, how have we not done one of those movies? How have we not done Snatch on this? We've podcast? talked about it a million times and never done it. Mm, yeah, we we got to get we got to figure that out. Have we done a Guy Ritchie movie at all? I don't think we have. We have, we have not done any Guy Ritchie movies. Uh, which, by the way, this is unrelated, but I, I did read that finally that one that it was supposed to come out that he made with like Jason, not the, not the Wrath of Man one, but the one that was like has Jason Satham in it and it has a weird name. It's like Operation Condor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was, to, it was supposed to come out a while ago and it got delayed because I guess the problem was that the bad guys in it are like Ukrainian and yes. there's there's the whole thing. I did read that everyone thinks now that it's going to be coming out soon. And it's going to be like straight to a streaming service. So anyway, Wrath of Man was good, by the way. I watched that. Yeah, I, I, I watched Wrath of Man and I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Rain Wilson. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet uh, super money uh, directed by James Gunn. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet um, the Meg money. Um, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go twenty-five million. Fourteen million dollars for Rain Wilson. Uh, next up is Steve Zahn, and I—he's been in a ton of stuff, but I am having trouble thinking of anything to say sweet, sweet for. So, you go ahead, and I'll try and think of something. Oh, crap! He's got that sweet, sweet. He's been in a million things. Yeah, and we, we can't think of any of them. I can't Isn't think that of funny? Any, I can't think of a single one. I'm gonna just look at look at something real quick. Let's see. He's been in. He's got that sweet. Oh, that thing you do. He's got the sweet, sweet that thing you do money. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'm gonna say he's got that sweet, sweet Doctor Doolittle two money. Wow, that's. Deep, I, I had to look that that's up. A deep Z- Steve Zahn cut. Uh, I'll go ten million. Uh, twenty million dollars for uh Steve Zahn. Uh, next up, Penelope Cruz. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet Vanilla Sky money. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the only Penelope Cruz movie I can think of right now. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet married to Javier Bardem money. Oh, is Question she mark? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Don't bring that up. Uh, um, yeah, I think she is. All right. Sure enough. 
Whatever. She, am I right? Ooh, here's one for you. She's got that sweet, sweet Pirates of the Caribbean oh, yeah. on on Stranger Tides money, which is the only Pirates of the Caribbean movie I haven't seen. So. Yep, there it is. I have also not seen that one, and I've not seen several of them. Um, anyway, what were we saying? You're trying to guess how much her net worth is, Penelope Cruz. That's right. Uh, she is married to Javier Bardem. Um, I'm going to go $25 million. $85 million for Penelope Cruz. Wow, Stop hey, what? You know what? Good for her. Stop lowballing Penelope Cruz. You know what? She gets some tax credits. Did you know that? The reason why they picked. So, interesting story. The two <laughs> people up for the question. role were uh, um, Penelope Cruz and um, what's her Well, they, they said that Clive Cussler always envisioned it being Selma Hayek. Yeah, Selma Hayek, yeah. It was gonna, they, they were gonna be, it was going to be Selma Hayek, but they cast... Penelope Cruz because she's Spanish and not Mexican and because she's Spanish they could get a European actor credit of like 25 million dollars like tax credit there you go uh okay and last but certainly not least uh Matthew McConaughey he's got that sweet sweet uh Tropic Thunder money where he runs and throws that TiVo (laughs) That uh, Robert Downey Jr. wanted. Uh, what do you think for Matthew McConaughey? It is a deep cut. Um, he's got that sweet, sweet Interstellar money. Good movie. I watched it recently. Uh, yeah, I, I have thoughts on Interstellar, but uh, I liked it. I, I thought it was great. Uh, I'll go 120 million. I. You know what's funny? I always throw the papers away when we're done, and I threw that paper away before I looked. Uh, Hundred and sixty million dollars okay. for Matthew McConaughey, uh, and, and I think that uh, Interstellar is like ninety percent a good movie. Doesn't necessarily stick the landing, but that's you, you just like the end, do you? I I don't think it stuck the landing. No, I don't think like the I don't think like the space bookcase and stuff really worked for me. But anyways, let's you know we don't have to b- belay that point. We'll save it for our. Our when, we, podcast? when we do Christopher Nolan month and it's like the most like, Oh, we got to talk about tenant. And, uh, I like tenant. I do like tenant too. I, I, but I'm just saying that'd be, it'd be difficult Hard to, talk, to about. talk about all those films in a row. Um, okay. So, Oh, taglines. I got some taglines. Let's for do you. that. Oh. Hey, why don't we do taglines? You know, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all out of sorts. We forgot that we wanted to talk about the director of this Breck. Brett Breck, Breck Eisner. Um, it doesn't look like he really directed the, a lot. No, he's the son of Michael Eisner, former head of Paramount and Disney. Oh, all right. He directed The Last Witch Hunter, which I never saw. But uh, And then it's it's written, so it's based on the novel by Clive Cussler, as you mentioned. It's written by Thomas Dean Donnelly and Joshua Oppenheimer. Uh, and then the music, which we said is nothing to write home about, is, let's see, I should have it pulled up. It's by Clint Mansell. Do you have anything on him? Uh, he was the lead singer of uh, a band called Pop Will Eat Itself. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So to those taglines, uh, there's only two of them. First one, Dirk Pitt, Adventure Has a New Name. And then the next one is Adventure as a New Destination. So, Yeah, okay. They <laughs> ran out of money, obviously, to, to make taglines. Yeah, those are, uh, yeah, 
Um, anything specifically that you want to mention before we get into the plot of this film? Um, we could no. I mean, like I said, the the production was kind of plagued from the start. Um, Clive Cussler worked out this deal with the producer to retain retain um, like the power to pick the actors and director and then they kind of like reneged on the deal and he also didn't like the script but the script wasn't very good that Clive Custler wrote so they rewrote it and it was a whole thing and then there was a lawsuit Clive Custler actually lost the lawsuit it was a whole <laughs> thing um, you can read about it but it, man it was a mess and uh, yeah so other than that, we'll talk more about that maybe after we're done doing the, the plot summary here. Okay. Uh, so this movie uh, starts off in 1865 in Richmond, Virginia, the end of the Civil War. Uh, and it's like uh, we're introduced to the last ironclad ship, uh, like the Union blockade. Uh, uh, sorry. The last ironclad to run the Union blockade. And they're like loading it with gold. Something that's interesting that I forgot because uh, I haven't read the book in so long, is that they mentioned, like, the driving force in this movie, like, the first thing we learn about is this ship, and, like, you know, like, Dirk Pitt's, like, obsessed with, like, finding this ship and all this stuff. In the book, they mentioned that he doesn't learn about this ship until, like, halfway through the novel when he's told about it when the like, on the river by a character that is Clive Cussler writing himself into the book. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what's crazy about this. Like, this whole, the whole driving force behind this movie has very little to do with what the driving force of the book is. And even what's on this ship in the movie is, has nothing to do with what's on the ship in the book. Well, I feel like the gold is part of the book, right? Not really. I mean, that's part of it, but really the, well, we can we can we can get into it. it. Doesn't have anything to do with the movie. In the book, they basically like the Confederacy like kidnap Abraham Lincoln and put him on this boat. And then when they find the boat, the book like there's like the mummified Abraham Lincoln on the boat. Yeah, because what they were gonna do is they were gonna kidnap Lincoln, and well, they did kidnap Lincoln and then hold him hostage and ransom him to like get control of of the country. But it didn't work out, and instead. Um, the, the, uh, the, um, 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 union, uh, or not the, uh, yeah, the union faked Lincoln's death to basically mitigate the fact that he was kidnapped yeah. and basically thwarted their plan. So they're like, well, shit, now what are we going to do? And so they sail away, which is Probably a rightfully so that they skip that plot point in the movie. Yeah. Um, all the Dirk Pitt books, they always have like these prologues and they always tie into like some kind of like historical thing. Yeah. It's like kind of like a running thing in all the books. Uh, it probably makes sense that they left that part out because it is a little wild. <laughs> yeah, there's always um, some kind of like, you know history, but you don't know the real history kind of thing in the book. Right. Um, so anyways, they're loading all this gold into it and it runs the blockade and it gets for, it, it, it gets away. Uh, then we go to the credits, where, which I really like what they do with the credits with this, where it's kind of like yeah. a, a tour of, uh, Dirk Pitt's office, but we kind of get all these news clippings and we basically get the history about him and Steve's on and like it everything fast though. 
it goes a little fast, but you kind of get an idea like, oh, they were in the Navy and they did this. And like, there's a little blurb about the uh, raising of the Titanic, which yeah. I, uh, which I like, which is that, that book, by the way, and I, I forgot this. It's a good book. I haven't read it in forever, but that book is so old that like, it was actually written before they actually found the Titanic. Right. Yep. Like, it, like, then they found it and found it was in like however many pieces and they're like, oh, I guess you could never raise it. But um uh, but yeah, I, I, you're right. It goes a little fast, but I do. I, I think it's kind of a good way of introducing everyone to like the characters and like what's going on. And, and like, I don't know. It's it's a clever way. I thought. No, I agree. I, I think that is one of the one of the more clever things in this movie is is how they kind of give the backstory without giving you a shit ton of exposition and sort of yeah. slowing the pace down. Right. Uh, so then we're we're in Lagos and uh, we're introduced to Penelope Cruz. She's a doctor for the World Health Organization. Her and this other doctor dude are investigating a disease, uh, and they've seen like six cases of the same thing. Uh, Penelope, and the crazy eyes disease. <laughs> so, oh, and I forgot one of the things. I don't know if you read this. Is they put out in the book that one of the prologues of the book is like these tourists that go to a village that's like infected by this disease and basically get like eaten alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they they left that out too. Um, so they're they're investigating this disease, and there's a guy that like it's like oh he went somewhere with his dad and got the disease, and so she's like, well, we need to talk to his dad, and he works at a lighthouse. Uh, they go to the lighthouse. They find she finds the guy dead. Uh, these thugs show up to kill her, but luckily uh, Matthew McConaughey was just like well, snorkeling <laughs> in the water uh, by the lighthouse. So uh, he shows up and uh, saves her and, and fights off the attackers um, and takes uh, Penelope Cruz back to the boat, the Numa boat. Uh, and they're uh, in the middle of an operation where <laughs> they're raising this uh, King Batin, like this, like uh, statue. It's like a like a statue, almost, like a sarcophagus. But I like the idea that like they're like raising this. They bring it up and they're like, "We got to get it cleaned up. We're taking it to the museum in five hours." Yeah, like, it's like <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that works. <laughs> it's like it's like how long did you know you're supposed to get it? Shouldn't you? Should you have planned the gala after you already found him or brought him up? Yeah. Or, or like, you know, knew that when you pulled it up, it wasn't going to completely disintegrate or like. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny. Oh, we're also on the boat introduced to uh, Rudy, uh, who is Rain Wilson, who is a character from the book. Um, but it, it was pointed out in the research that like, and I remember this in the book, he's yeah. like a capable, like character in the book and in this he's Rudy's more just like badass in the book yeah like there's a whole subplot they cut out of this novel about him like getting back to the united states right and, and they kind of make him more just comic relief in this mm -hmm. so um and we're also introduced to william h macy who plays admiral jim sandecker who is again the character from the book uh and i think probably from reading you know, so many of the novels, probably the one that I like when, you know, you read a book and you picture like sure. William H. Macy is probably the one that I could picture the most like fitting the mold of the character. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I think he was really perfectly cast as Sandecker. Yeah. And I think they say that they, he was like their only like consideration was right. like was was that they wanted him to play that. Uh, OK, so there's a gal at the museum to give that King Bettine back to Lagos. 
Uh, Dirk also gets a call from his like Nigerian underworld contact, Oshadi. Uh, so he goes to meet with him, and Oshadi has uh, one of the Confederate coins, like gold coins, yep. right? That that was found by like a fisherman somewhere over there. I can't remember exactly what country, but they they find it over there. So um, Penelope, they find it in, in Mali. Yes. Penelope Cruz is at the party because uh, William H. Macy invited her and the other doctor. And I'm like, well, it's a good thing they both had like fancy clothes yeah. to wear. Because <laughs> like they're clearly, you know, she just gets done being almost killed. And then five hours later, eh, she's got her party cocktail dress on and uh, she's ready to go. Yeah. And they're like at the party for like five minutes because like um, uh, William H. Macy introduces them to Yves. Masat, Masat, uh, yes, who's like a businessman who has dealings in Mali, and they're trying to get in Mali because they think that's where the disease is coming from. So he's like, well, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can get you in there. Uh, I mentioned that Dirk got the Confederate coin from Oshadi. Uh, he, he's obsessed with finding this boat, so he talks to William H. Macy, and he's like, all right, I'll give you 72 hours to investigate where the coin is found, and you can borrow my boat. I also remember in the novel, the boat was a lot cooler yeah. than it is. Um, so, but William H. Macy is like, all right, well, you can take the boat, but you also have to take Penelope Cruz and the other doctor up the, uh, up the river to Mali. Uh, it's the Niger river. Okay. Uh, and then we get like a fun montage scene of them, like hanging out and going up the river on the boat. Um, <laughs> Dirk drinks tequila uh, tells Penelope Cruz the story about the ironclad. Also, we learned that uh, Dirk and Al have been friends since like they were in kindergarten, which right. is like true in the books. Like yeah. they're like best friends and 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 all that stuff. Yeah, they don't get a lot of the. They don't, there's a lot of plot stuff in the movie that's different from the book, but the relationships are all pretty much the same, and the characterizations are for the most part the same, with the exception of Rudy. But and, and even that is, they just don't spend enough time with Rudy to to kind of flush his character out right right uh and it is weird <laughs> i don't know why i made a special note of this but like matthew mcconaughey offers penelope cruz penelope cruz tequila and she says no but then like a minute later in the scene she's drinking the tequila yeah. make up your mind penelope cruz um so they drop the doctors off and they continue up the uh they continue up the river actually no sorry they drop the doctors off mm -hmm. and while they're there dirk and Al go to talk to the guy that found the coin but he's dead. Um, and so um, then like Dirk gets this idea and he goes to like a, uh, is it a mosque? Is it like a temple of some sort? Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a temple. Yeah. And um, because there's not a lot of places that kept, kept records except for, cause the only people that would have kept records that far back the only people that would have, would have been illiterate would have been literate then would have been, you know, the the clergyman or whoever, whatever you want to call them, the the people in the temple. Right. So he finds record in this ancient document of the ironclad. So they head further up the river to Gao, uh, and, and while they're like kind of like dragging like a sonar thing behind them, they they come across all this like red algae in the river, yeah. which is weird. So they take a sample of it. Um, Yves, uh, he meets with, uh, General Kazim, who's Lenny James, who's like a, a warlord who like took over his country, uh, and he's kind of a dirtbag. Um, and, and, and we find out that they already know about the disease. 
uh, and that they think it's contained within Molly, but it's not, and they don't think it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, but they're trying they to know what the source is. They they know that it's from uh, Massard's solar plant. Right, 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 right. So then uh, while they're on the river, these Molly soldiers show up and start asking where the doctors are. Uh, we get like a big boat chase and mm-hmm. like a fight scene where Dirk's on the other boat and fighting a guy. And, Which is pretty like, good. It, like, it was yeah. a solid fight scene. And then a, like the Jeep shows up on the side of the river, like f- firing the yep. big gun at him. Uh, from the riverbank, which is sweet, and uh, Rudy shoots a, a flare gun <laughs> uh-huh. at the jeep. Um, more bad guys show up, and they're like, "Well, we got to do the we got to do the Panama. We're going to do the Panama." And they're like, "Well, what's the Panama?" Which is funny; it's the second movie in a row we're talking about Panama. Because um, remember, things went bad for Steven Skull in Panama. Yeah, no, I I do remember that. Thank you for the reminder. So ba- <laughs> basically, the Panama is like they rig the boat to explode. Uh, and then they jump off it, and then it perfectly blows up right when it's in between the two bad guy boats. Yep. Timed it perfect. Perfect timing. <laughs> so uh, they swim ashore, uh, and, and Dirk and Al are like, well, we got to go find the doctors, and something's up. But they send Rudy. Uh, he's they're like, you got to go back and tell the Admiral what's going on. You got to sneak across the border. So they send him to do that. Uh, they ride camels. Okay. Back to the doctors. They go to a village. They find a bunch of dead people. Uh, we cut back to Rudy. He makes it across the border, hiding in a truck full of sheep. Um, then Which these bad dudes. Did, did you read about the uh, about I, Rain Wilson the sheep? So he was in the back with all those sheep, or they were goats, not sheep. He was in the yeah. back with all the goats, and he kept like the goats kept getting scared of him and would just start peeing everywhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> He spent like the entire time shooting that covered in goat pee because like they couldn't get a shot done without the goats getting scared and like st- stiffening up or or peeing everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> funny. I, I didn't see that. Um, okay. So uh, these dudes show up and start uh, killing everyone in the village. Uh, it's, it's General Kazim's men. He shows up. He's really proud of this gun that he has. Uh, and he, and he talks about how expensive the bullets are, and he uses it, and he kills the doctor dude, whose name I don't remember. Uh, while this is all going on, Penelope Cruz is down in the bottom of a well. She was getting, like, a sample, but she hides down there, uh, so they don't see her at first. But then uh, Dirk and Al show up, uh, and they take out the all the soldiers that are behind. Yep. And Penelope Cruz somehow thinks that Frank, who's the doctor dude, is still alive, even though he's clearly dead. Um <laughs> So they, they head off. They're going to try and cross the border, but they get caught by the Turegs. And the Turegs are like the resistance fighters in the yeah, country. Essentially, that's what they are. Like, there's so um, Kazim has uh, basically made a dictatorship, a military, military dictatorship by, you know, having ch- child soldiers and mercenaries and stuff like that. <clears throat> and these are the natural citizens that live there are the um, uh, Tureg, and they're the ones trying to fight back uh, Kazim and take back their lands. Right. So they get caught by them. They get taken to the village. Um, uh, what's this? The, the main guy's name is M- Modabi, I think. I think so, um, yeah. So in the village, like, there's a bunch of people uh, sick in the village, uh, and they figure out that it's toxins in the water that are making the people sick. Um, 
we also get uh rudy at this point has made it back no rudy hasn't made it back yet but we do we do get uh william h macy talking to delroy lindo and delroy lindo is like a buddy of his that works in the cia they Mm -hmm. have like history together and he's trying to get like information about molly and like well because sandecker used to be in the cia um with with delroy lindo's character and um left to sort of start numa um so they didn't have to work for the government anymore, but he still has, you know, ties and connections to the CIA. Right. So then uh, modabi has got this really fancy oh, it's, car. It's Modibo, that's right. Modibo has got this really fancy car, the Dirksies, uh, and he's got a lot of information about it. I, I don't know all that stuff about the car. Eh, it's but they, the car they only made like six of or something. Well, we find out that he stole it from General Kazim. Right. Uh, and then, <laughs> and kind of the... I like this movie a lot, but the dumbest part of this is like Al uh, Steve Zahn's playing soccer with like these kids and he like runs yeah. after the ball and it like stumbles down and he finds basically a cave painting in the village of the ironclad like going up the river. Um, that was not in the book, correct? I don't think so. Again, I haven't read the book in a long time, um, but but I plan to, so I'll let you know. Um, so they they hypothesize that like all this all this land, there used to be rivers and that's how it it, it was tr- it was traveling up a river that no longer exists. It got dried up. Dried up. Ugh, sorry, I can't talk. Yep. Uh, but they also hypothesize they're like, well, the river still exists underground. So that's how like the toxin is getting into this water, and that's how it's traveling all the way across the country. Right, that it's the, in the, the groundwater. Right. So then we get to uh, Rudy makes it back to Sandecker. Uh, they're, they try and get the Turex to help them, but they won't. So they're kind of trying to, they, at this point they go out, they're trying to find the ironclad, but they stumble across this giant solar energy plant. Uh, and they, and they sneak, they sneak into it on a train. They see a train that like runs into it. So they sneak onto the train, which presumably they have to climb inside the train. That's full of toxic waste. I guess. And, and you know, there's not exactly a lot of cover. Like the people in the plant can see the train coming. Yeah. They can see three camels riding next to the train. Yeah. It, it, so I, I don't know. This, this whole thing is pretty silly to me. So also while this is going on, Rudy, he has that sample of the red algae. So he's running tests on it. Um, the, the facility, the solar facility is like, they take toxic waste there from people and they use they basically vaporize the toxic waste right. with this, like they, they, they solar collector. Yeah. They like, they, they harness all the energy from this stuff and they like vaporize it. Right. right. Uh, but, but the, but they end up finding a chamber where there's all these like barrels of toxic waste. Um, and, and it's like the, the canisters are broken and that's how they figure out how it's seeping into the water. Yeah. Because they're taking on as much toxic waste as they can so they can get money for it. But they can't safely store it yet. Well, well yeah, because I think they said the problem is that they had a backup. They had a problem with the actual process. Yeah. But, but they supposedly fixed it, but there was such a backup that they had all this toxic waste that they didn't know what to do with. So right. it's just stored. Until they can all... destroy it. Right. Um, okay. So th- they find this, but then they get caught by Yves. Um, uh, uh, Rudy and, and Sandecker have a meeting with is it a um i'm having trouble thinking uh, like the us embassy there or something i think they're at the us embassy but it's um 
it's just a just a government agent. I don't know if it's the CIA or who specifically it is, but they're at the U.S. embassy trying to convince the government to intervene. Right. So that because they're basically like, hey, this red algae is going to keep growing and growing, and it's going to make it to the ocean, and then it's going to make it to the U.S. and it's going to like kill all the marine life. Right. Uh, but but that dude doesn't necessarily take the threat seriously. Um, so. Uh, Dirk and Al, Yves sends them to the general, but he keeps Penelope Cruz, and he's like, yeah, Penelope Cruz was killed. She's dead. Um, Dirk and Al escape in that pretty pretty cool scene where they, like, unscrew the back of that truck and, like, kick yeah, it off. But I, I, do, I do find it kind of crazy that those drivers didn't notice it was happening. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? A truck bed's held on with more than two bolts, by the way. <laughs> and, and they're not bolts bolted in from the top. There, That's not how that works. Well, what are you, a truck expert? I mean, I have a truck. I know right. how they work. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so uh, they escape and they stumble across a crash plane uh, in the desert, which in the book, like, the, the plane has a lot more to do with the plot of the book or, you know, it's, it's tied yeah. into one of the prologues or something. Yeah, it's essentially like, you know, she's, it's essentially like an Amelia Earhart type story where it's a woman trying to fly around the world or wherever, and then it crash lands, and it's this, like, holy grail of wrecks that everyone's trying to find. Right. So they, so, but none of that is covered in the, in this movie. They just find this crash plane, and they turn it into a... Land yacht. <laughs> like a land yacht, like, yeah. I guess? Like, they're catching the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're flying across the desert listening to a uh, magic carpet ride by Steppenwolf. Yeah. I, mean, not actually I misspoke yeah. they're, 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 I remember this part of the book too. It's pretty similar. Yeah. And then they apparently <laughs> drive it across the desert and crash it into a gas station question mark. I guess. <laughs> because there's a scene where he's on a payphone talking to Sandecker about what's going on, and root in a uh, Al's in the background like arguing with the gas station owner because I guess somehow they crashed the the land yacht into the gas station. I don't know. Basically, they end up trading the gold coin for a jeep and they drive off. Uh, they go and find the Turegs again, but they still don't want to help them, um, or he doesn't want to commit his whole army right. to fighting. Because he thinks they'll all get killed, but he's got a plan, and they basically sneak their way back into the facility by taking the general's fancy car. Mm-hmm. So they think the general's there. Uh, so they let him in. Um, the 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 leader of the Turks, uh, he finds all his men who are working in the the toxic waste thing, and like gets them out. Yeah, because um, he thought all those men had been killed because they came up missing. He thought they'd all been killed. Turns out Massard had and Kazim had captured them and used them as laborers in the in the solar plant right uh and the facility's empty so they can't figure out what's going on but it's like they've abandoned the facility and their plan is to they have a (laughs) if i remember this correctly they have a bomb planted in one of the canisters that they vaporize because they want to basically blow up the entire facility to bury all the evidence of the toxic waste that was being stored there um, so, uh, Dirk goes to the top of the solar tower to rescue Penelope Cruz, uh, while Al tries to stop the bomb. Uh, th- they have a big fight where he's fighting this big dude up there and you think he falls off, but he doesn't. Uh, he rescues Penelope Cruz. 
Uh, Yves gets away in the helicopter, uh, but the facility doesn't blow up because Al stops the bomb. They drive off into the desert in the, the fancy car, uh, but uh, Lenny James is chasing him in his helicopter, trying to shoot him. Uh, they end up accidentally finding the ironclad. Yeah, totally accidentally. Like, it is so ridiculous. Like, they just <laughs> happen to throw sticks of dynamite in the right spot and it unburns. well because because he saved the sticks of dynamite yeah. that that were in the the canister that were going to yeah. blow Which, up by the way we we skipped over this a little bit though but okay the amount of heat it takes to vaporize that material i don't care how far away al is from that blast he is dead like that heat would easily suck up at least all of the oxygen in the room with the amount of fire that they had in there. Uh, he wouldn't be able to breathe and he would be roasted like a pig. Like he would have been, he would have been a charred hot dog. Like <laughs> with, with those blast doors open, there's no way he would have survived. Okay. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. He'd, he'd be, he would have been a Freddy Krueger, man. He'd be dead. <laughs> So they find the ironclad and they get inside of it and like, they're like, Oh, like the rest of the army shows up, but Dirk's like, Hey, these walls are really thick and they'll stop bullets and we'll be good. But then like, they immediately find out that he has like armor piercing rounds in the helicopter. So yep. uh, it, it doesn't do him any good. Uh, but they end up, uh, they end up beating Kazim by they, they use one of the old cannons in the ironclad. Uh, and they fire it and it Hit like a it, moving flying target. And it crashes through the window, and it is kind of funny because it lands, and it's like an old cannonball, and it doesn't do anything. And they're like, ah, it's not going to do anything. But then it blows up and kills them. Right, because it's the kind um, of cannonball that has a fuse itself on it that yeah, it'll explode once it gets to wherever this is going. So they think they're in trouble because, like, they thought that if they killed Kazim, like, his men would stop. But it seems like they're still going to go after him. Uh, but then the Turks show up and, like, they end up surrendering and, and they save the day. And, like, that, that the, like, smarmy government official, like, meets a Sandecker and he's, like, he wants to roll Numa into the government. And he's, like, hey, I heard there was a lot of gold in that ship. And they're, like, yeah, there was no gold in that ship. But it turns out they gave all the gold to the Turks, I think is what it is. They kept some and then gave the rest, I think, to the Turks. Because there's that shot where, like, Al's, Al's there and he's still playing soccer, but, like, he's in that cave, but there's boxes of all the gold in there. So, um, and then he's like, oh, yeah. And so, like, he agrees to uh, Sandecker's demands and he's like, oh, there's one more thing I want you to do. And, like, Delroy, Leno, uh, Delroy Lindo goes and gives Yves, like, the tainted water, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's I think is like. Kills him. Yeah, just like gives him the like disguises himself as a waiter and gives him a bottle of water that I guess they don't explicitly say it, but I mean I think that's what we're supposed they to imply believe. It, it's, like because because um, because always drinking bottled water. Yeah, so he goes out with like this like glass bottle and pours <laughs> it, but then like you think it's a normal waiter, but then it's like Delroy Lindo, and he just like so apparently Sandecker wanted him to be killed, and they agreed to the assassination, which is uh, and bizarre. Uh, and then, like, the last shot is um, Dirk and Penelope Cruz are swimming in Monterey, something they referenced earlier. And somehow uh, Dirk has not so much like, okay, maybe he got the car, but that car was fucked up. So I don't know how they get it all fixed because the car's there on the beach and it, it looks perfect. Well, they had all that Confederate gold. They were able to pay for it. Oh, fair enough. But sure. 
um yeah that's the end yep yeah um a lot of differences in the book than the movie um, yeah in the book there's obviously that subplot with with lincoln um and in the book like um penelope cruz's character and dirk pitt like uh, they're not really together very much at all in the book like they don't even kind of interact a whole lot until the very end um what else was the difference uh the the ironclad doesn't figure into anything until the very end also like yeah he has no idea i don't even remember what was the driving force for them even in the book being in that area i think and again i i don't remember exactly i think in the book they're like investigating the red algae like they're trying to yeah. figure out what's going on with that and then they just happen to hear about the story about the ironclad and then they come across it toward the end you know like stumble upon it right and, and they find mummified abraham lincoln which <laughs> <laughs> is ridiculous um yeah uh and then like we said before you know uh uh clive Cussler kind of rejected a lot of the stuff in the book didn't like it purposely tried to sabotage the production badmouth the movie before it came out all kinds of things so Clive Cussler sued the, sued the producers. The producers sued Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler lost because <laughs> apparently he was at fault and was <laughs> holding up production and being a jerk. Um, and then eventually nobody paid anybody anything because uh, they all lost money on it because all the other stuff that was going on with this. And now the producer that owns the rights to Sahara does own the rights to the sequels. But it doesn't seem like they're ever going to make any more at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I and I, I kind of I mean like yeah I I kind of get that to a certain extent because it's like I don't know it's like it's it's a hard thing because it's like I mean he's dead they don't write the book so it's like is it I don't know like I feel like you needed this one to do really well so now it's hard to like. Like you said, it's like no one wants to make another one because this one did so poorly. So, well, I think if they, you know, I mean, look, look at the, the James Bond franchise. Obviously, the James Bond franchise is a little bit different because it's got a track record, but you know, you, they reboot it all the time, and they always make mm -hmm. a new move. You could do that with this. It's not you can you can use the same formula. Um, yeah, you know, and and it would work just fine. Obviously, you're not going to have. Matthew McConaughey in it anymore or, or Penelope Cruz. They're a little too old now. Um, but you could have, you know, younger, younger actors do this kind of like what they did with, uh, you know, this is a very, when they made the Uncharted movie, it's kind of mm -hmm. similar. It has a similar vein to this type, the action adventure sort of historical, you know, sort of deal. You know, you could do something like that, like they did with Tom Holland and, and have a younger actor in here. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree. Maybe, maybe we'll see that someday. Maybe you know, because it is, if they could get it right, like it, there's so much source material to draw from, you know. Yeah, if they get it right, it could, it would be a great series. Like I would look forward to watching the movies. You know, it would be interesting that they that they could do, given the age we're in, is like somehow make like like a TV show. Like they made two Jack Reacher movies, and they didn't, yeah. you know, they were fine, but like they made the show, you know, and they're drawing from the book, so like. Maybe that's something they could do 
with Dirk Pitt, like make it into a series, you know, where like each season adapts a book, you know, six That's episodes. A good idea. That wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be bad at all. I think they could totally do that. Yeah, I could see that being on Amazon or Netflix or something, but who knows? Like, who knows? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Maybe they'll do it sometime. Um, I do have a couple any, role reversals. I was going to say, any role reversals? Yeah, there's only a few. Um, so for the Dirk Pitt role, they had considered Christian Bale, Tom Cruise, and Hugh Jackman. Um, so this would have been, what, 2005? I think Hugh Jackman would have been too old. I think Christian Bale or Tom Cruise would have been too old for it. I think Christian Bale would have been okay, but really, I think Matthew McConaughey really is kind of the right person for it. I like Matthew McConaughey in this. Again, I don't think I ever like read one of these books and was like, "Oh yeah, it's Matthew McConaughey." But I, I, I think he's really good in this. I like him in the role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think I think he makes kind of the most sense from that era of of, of actors. Mm-hmm. Um, he is kind of Dirk Pitt like, you know, kind of outdoorsy. Yeah, you know. I know. I think he does a good job. I, 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 you know, I think like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't dislike him in this movie at all. So, uh, that's it. That's all I had for role reversals. Just those three. Oh, all right. Well, there's not much. Uh, <laughs> anything else specifically you want to mention or bring up before we get into the rating on this? Uh, no, we covered a lot of it. I say, uh, let's just, uh, let's just rate this thing. All right, let's do it. All right. So, I'm going to go first second. I'll go first. How's that? Okay. <laughs> um uh I like this movie. However, there's not nearly as much action in it as I thought there was. Cuz I haven't seen it a whole lot. There's really only a couple action scenes. There's the boat scene. There's um, a little bit of a chase scene, like toward the middle of the movie. And then there's the action scene at the end on the, in the solar plant. And then it tails right into the action scene at the, in the ironclad. But other than that, it's a lot of traveling, you know, they're kind of just like walking in the desert or, walking or travel riding a boat down the river or you know there's a lot of a lot of trying to get to a destination in this and i think it sort of slows the movie down um mm-hmm. the plot is fine you know it i guess makes sense for the most part um the acting's good i do enjoy all the actors in this like i think everybody's kind of perfectly cast I think Steve Zahn is great as Al Giardino. I think McConaughey's um, fine. I think uh, Willie H. Macy's obviously great in it. Uh, Delroy Lindo's character was, you know, he's in the books. Carl's in the books. Um, his character would obviously have been expanded later on had they done mm-hmm. more sequels to it. Um, I think this is a movie that had lots and lots and lots of potential but didn't f- follow through as well as I would have liked it to. Um, just kind of based on all the issues they had. I think it had a lot working against it. Um, but I do enjoy the movie. I do think people would wa- should watch it. Um, I'm going to go... I'll go three and a half machine guns on this. Okay. Um, yeah, I I, <laughs> I I like this movie. Like, I, 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 think it's, I think it's underrated. 
Um, I, I think the performances are good. And like, yeah, maybe it's a little longer than it needs to be. And, and, and you know, it could be a little tighter. There could be a little more action. I mean, I will say I'm biased because I have read so many of these books. And, and, you know, I think it's a great character and I think it could be a great franchise. So I, 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 I'm willing to admit that, that, you know, maybe other people going to this wouldn't have as such nostalgia attached to it or, you know, like know about this world. Uh, but but I do think it's it's kind of underrated and it's fun and I, I don't know if you haven't seen it I, I, I say check it out and I I'm right there with you I'm gonna go three and a half machine guns for it. Yep, yeah, it's solid. It's a solid movie. Like there's, you know, it is. I will say this: it is a little long, um, and there are parts that kind of they don't drag, but the pacing's a little uneven in the movie. Um, but all the characters are great. Like I don't. I like all the characters that it makes up for a lot of it, you know, mm-hmm. and the way they interact too. They have really like all the characters have great chemistry with each other too. Um, even the ancillary characters like Rudy and Carl, you know, they all have like good chemistry with the people they're in scenes with it. it I think, I think that's the strongest part of this is the acting in it. No, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. And read the books. The books are good. Books are good, yeah. Like I like the, I, the, this book is fantastic. Yeah, I would. <laughs> while we were talking, I was just like uh, looking. I was like, okay, get on my Kindle. But it was one of those fun things where Audible's like, hey, you want a free month subscription and get two books? I'm like, I'm gonna get Sahara and listen to it on audiobook. Nice. <laughs> Who reads it? Uh, it I don't know. Is it Clive Cussler? It's it's not Clive Cussler. It says narrated by Scott Brick. Oh, I know that guy. Do you really? No. <laughs> oh. I, I don't. I have no idea who Scott Brick is. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, but anyways, so yeah, like check it out uh, and, you know, read one of the books and see. But it, it, it's a good franchise. It's fun. And I think hopefully someday they'll find something to do with it, you know, because there is so much to draw from. Yeah. Because really, I, I'm trying to think what could be like the American James Bond. R- right now we have the, the Mission Impossible movies. Um, right but those are going to be done soon like they're not going to be making they're only making two more um and then i don't know how well you reboot that you know what i mean like there's no source material really for it to reboot it i think this is probably the closest thing you could get to an american james bond is is the clive Custler books no i i 100 percent agree and yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just really enjoy the franchise and like just watching the movie and kind of talking about it, like I said, is maybe want to go back and revisit some of the books. So I, know. I wish and I liked it, to read still, but <laughs> I would sit and read it, but I just, I can't sit and read anymore. That's the problem. I'm bad at, I, I, I my apartment is littered with like half read books that I start and never get to. So that's how I'm like, well, maybe if I get it on audio book, I'll just listen to it. Maybe. Maybe it was free, just as long as I remember to cancel that Audible membership. So and that's all it takes. Set a reminder on your phone; you'll be all set. Actually, the way that the 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 way that you scam the system is, you get the free books, and then you just quit immediately, and then you still get the books. Anyways, thank you, thank you for helping our audience scam Audible. Good work. Well, they should not predict- to be. Uh, no, uh, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, I do. Um, I know this is the point where we usually plug stuff. So I did have something I wanted to plug that I thought of. Uh, if you guys don't have Tubi on your devices, uh, your 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 uh, Fire Stick, your your Roku, whatever, I you know, get it. It's got a lot of free movies, not too many commercials. 
definitely worth it. So check out Tubi if you haven't. Yeah, eventually, eventually they'll pay us. Yeah, you just need to start tagging them in our Instagram posts. All right, I'll see they haven't. They have an Instagram page. I checked it out between episodes. So. Okay, I'll see. I'll see what I can do about about getting Tubi to throw us some throw us some bucks. Okay, sounds good. Right. Anything else? You anything you want to plug? I don't know the Discord. I always put yeah. the Discord because if uh, you know what, the Clive Cluster books are popular. I'm sure we have some listeners out there. That oh yeah, that's, have read that's a good some of these books. Drop us a line in Discord. Let us know which books you like the best. Um, let us know how you think. What do you think about this movie as it compares to the book? Because uh, I haven't read the book. I've only read the book once, um, and I didn't remember a ton of it until I kind of went back and 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 kind of read a plot synopsis of it. Um, yeah, agreed. I read this book. I mean, <laughs> I, read this I don't book know in nineteen ninety two when it came out. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's been years and years and years and years since I read it. So, um, but yeah, you're right. There probably are some people that are familiar with this, and let us know. You know. Yep. So go to Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Click on the Discord link and join us on Discord and chat with us about all things action movie related. Or you know, sometimes I just put random stuff in there, and sometimes we talk about, you know, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, something random that wasn't action movie related. Oh, was it ET? Oh, fucking ET. <laughs> we're never talking about ET ever again. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure it will never come up on the Discord no, again. Never, never again. Anyway, check us out on Discord. Talk about Sahara, not ET. Um, you can also check us out on Instagram. Like like Joe said, we are on Instagram and and maybe Twitter. I don't know. By the time this comes out, Twitter may not exist anymore. Who knows? Yeah, that's, that's Who true. Knows? That's maybe we'll, true. maybe yeah. we'll get a Mastodon account. We'll be on Mastodon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even sure how that stuff works. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Joe, thanks for being a guest again. I really appreciate it. Of I'm not course. sure how I feel about your your Confederate propaganda, but uh, <laughs> I, I I don't like that narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like that one. Right, uh, I'm just fair. gonna say that. That's fair. That's fair. I can understand why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although you we brought it up again already two times in this episode well sphinx isn't on anymore so i can't accuse him anymore so you know you're the only one here fair enough too bad we didn't bring the tush on i know Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> um all right i'm good anything else you want to you want to plug anything else you want to no. refute <laughs> no i um i mentioned Tubi though right you did okay okay we're, cool. We're cool. Cool, cool this cool, episode cool, cool. of the last action podcast not sponsored by Tubi, has been terminated but we'll be back. <laughs>